Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. So good to see you. I am Jerry Ann, and Pastor Mark and Pastor Ashley are uh, with their new little baby. And so you've got uh, me today. You've got uh, what the Holy Spirit's given me to say. And so today I'd like to talk to you about the process of kingdom framing. So the process of kingdom framing. We talk a lot at Anchor Faith about the kingdom, right? Everybody with me? So today I'm going to talk about the word frame, framing, which really just is the process of constructing something. So to construct. And every day, whether we realize it or not, we're framing our lives. We're framing our inner world, our outer world. We're framing, we're framing everything about our lives. And we're either framing it based on the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of the world. Right? Any moment, every moment, any given time, we're framing it based on the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of the world. And when I was early 20s, I was an AP Lit teacher And I would carry this sign with me by Elizabeth Barrett Browning in all of my classrooms. And I would put it up. And she writes that earth is crammed with heaven. And it is, right? You only have to walk outside to see that. Everybody with me? Yeah. Earth is crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God. But only he who sees takes off his shoes think it as the rest sit round and pluck blackberries that was the quote but at an at an early age I wanted to be somebody who would see who would take off my shoes on holy ground and it took me years to understand that it's all holy whether I'm here whether I'm folding clothes at home whether I'm cleaning up a mess after family dinner there's no difference that everything I do is holy unto the Lord And this is such an important part of framing, that earth is crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God. Because when you understand that everything is holy unto the Lord, you begin to understand that everything is absolutely redeemable. So my life, my thought life, my family, my work, my neighborhood, my relationships, And if everything is redeemable, then all of a sudden things shift because that problem that you have at work or that problem that you have at home, it now becomes an opportunity, the very opportunity for you to lay your opinion down because your opinion costs you nothing, but the character of Jesus costs something. But it's worth it because everything I do is holy because God is redeeming the earth. He's making all things new, and we get to be a part of that. And I love that God is a God who redeems. He's not a God who withholds himself, who withholds goodness and kindness. And I'm just setting you up because this is an important part of framing. He's much more kind than we've been taught. And I love in Luke, I think it's Luke 12 where it says, Don't fear, little flock, for it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's yours. It's already yours. Every spiritual blessing, it says in Ephesians, has already been given to you. 
So today I want to talk about the process of kingdom framing, which is really the process of you knowing that you already have everything inside you that you will need to fulfill everything that God's placed on your life to fulfill. It's already there. Kingdom framing is such a process of redeeming the earth. And the first thing that God starts with is us, our earth. It's such a process of making all things new. And the first thing God starts with is in us. And then from there, we begin to frame and redeem everything around us. And so I want to begin in Hebrews 11 today. And let's start with verse 3. So Hebrews 11.3 reads, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which were seen were not made of things which are visible. The word framed here comes from a Greek word. It, it means a lot of great things, some of which are to arrange, to set in order, to equip, to adjust, to complete what is lacking, to make fully ready, to repair and prepare. And so I want to tell you three things that you'll need for kingdom framing. And remember, we're doing this every day, either intentionally or unintentionally. And if it's unintentionally, I can guarantee that your world is framed by the world or the cultural or political climate that we are in or the opinions of others. But today, with kingdom framing, the first thing that you will need is a lens of faith. By faith, the worlds were framed. So let's go back up. Hebrews 11.1, New King James Version says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I want to read that to in the Passion, and it says, Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. I love how it refers to faith as evidence. Because evidence implies in my thinking that something's concrete. You can see it. You can touch it. And when you think of faith, you don't see it as something you can touch. And that's why it reads, faith is the evidence of things not seen. Because it's an upside-down kingdom. But the Bible describes faith as evidence. And I love how under this verse, my Bible says that faith is an established conviction and a settled expectation. And I love that word established because it means it's set. For example, we have just core beliefs that are set in us, that God is good. His plans for me are good. He's such a kind God. He loves to lavish his kindness upon me. Those are core beliefs in me that are already settled. One of my favorite things in March of the schools being shut down, I'm going to tell you a really good story, but there were some bad stories, like, um, like, Garrison kept a toad in his room for two days before he confessed to us. Yes, isn't that? And then we caught him coming inside, and he had something behind his back. It was a Ziploc bag with 17 crickets. And so we had to, so that wasn't the best story. But this is a really good story. 
so I'm a, I like schedule. And so I'd still wake the kids up and they'd have breakfast. And then what we would do is we would write our own declarations out. So as a family, we would take communion and they would lead it. And then we would write declarations out. And we had 20 declarations that we would say as a family together. Okay. And um, I did this just because it seemed like a great way to start our morning. But it was so neat. By week three, I could see those truths, those declarations being established in them. So much so, they had every single one memorized. And so they would get up and they wouldn't even look at the paper. They would say, my, my prayers are powerful. I am free from sin and alive in him. I'm great at relationships. There's just something precious about seeing an eight-year-old and six-year-old say, I'm great at relationships. My health gets better every day. Uh, I recognize and laugh at the enemy's lies. God will use me today to release his power and love to the people around me. I'm a person of peace. I bring peace to those around me. It was set in them. It was established. And we have to have that lens of faith established in us. And then under that verse, my Bible referred to faith as a settled expectation. And having a lens of faith means partnering with what God has said and then not wavering from that because it's settled. So if I see it right now in the natural or if I don't, it's settled. If I see the opposite, it's settled. Because I'm standing in the Word of God and what God says trumps anything I see in the natural. It's already done and I'm expecting it. And that is the evidence of faith. So Hebrews 11.6, Passion says, And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that He is real and that He rewards the faith of those who passionately seek Him. 1 Corinthians 2.5, Passion says, For God intended that your faith not be established on man's wisdom, but by trusting in his almighty power. So faith is the ability to respond to what God says about you, about your life, about your calling, about your family, about your destiny and assignments. Faith is the response. And how we respond brings me to the second thing you'll need for kingdom framing. Because it says, by faith we understand. And that word understand means exactly what you would think it would mean. To perceive to consider, to think, to see, which all starts in your mind and in your imagination. And so the second thing you will need for kingdom framing is to use your imagination. So let's define that first. Your imagination is given to you by God. It's defined as forming mental images or concepts as what is of what is not actually present to the senses. So like JL and Garrison, they have this game that they play. They dress up. They have book bags full of toys and food. And they uh, play ninjas. And they go out in the woods. And they climb trees. And they use their imagination. And it's funny that that's the first example that I went to, right? Because we almost think of it as the stuff of children. And there's some unspoken consensus that when you reach a certain age, imagination is no longer needed. It brings even more meaning to in Matthew 18 where it says, Jesus says, unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. 
And what we've done, I think to our detriment, is we've taken logic and information, which are both wonderful things. But we've taken logic and information and we have placed it far above imagination. Y'all with me? Thereby valuing logic and information over faith. You know what information gathering will never produce? It will never produce. It does not produce expectation. It is by faith and only faith that we understand that the world was created by the word of God. Imagination gives birth to faith. You've got to use it. It's where faith begins. It's where faith develops. And I love the quote, imagination is so important to God that he created you out of his imagination, right? Too many people aren't using their God-given imagination. There's a solution for every single wrong in our world today. And, and you're it. You're that solution. But it will take a lens of faith and you using your God-given imagination. And too many people are trying to give a solution through a lens of hurt, through a lens of pain, through a lens of opinion or agenda. But when you see through the lens of faith, you begin to, un- to imagine your world and the world like God originally intended it to be. It even says in 1 Corinthians 2.9, things never before discovered or heard of. Things beyond our ability to imagine. He's that good. These are the many things that God has in store for us. In Ephesians, it says, in Ephesians 1, it uses the phrase, the eyes of your heart. That's imagination. In the Passion, they use the word imagination. I pray that the light of God is verse 18 and 19. Okay. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. Chase said Wednesday night preaching about faith. He said great faith can be seen. Your faith activates your imagination and it stirs it up. And when we see through the lens of faith and we fill our imagination with the truth of who we are, there's no limit to what we can trust him for. There's no limit to what we can believe him for. Amen. Everybody with me? So three things needed for kingdom framing. We've got a lens of faith. What's the second? Imagination. And the third thing you will need is the word. The third thing you will need for kingdom framing is the word proclaimed. Let's go back to Hebrews 11.3 in New King James Version says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God 
so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. And then Hebrews 11.3 in the Passion says, Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. Nothing happens in the kingdom without sound. Pastor Mark said a few weeks back, he said, you hear something before you see it. Faith, it sounds like something. It has a sound. And if you live with a lens of faith, using your imagination, your God-given imagination, oh, it will be heard as a sound. And it'll be a sound of life. It'll be a sound of breakthrough. It'll be a sound of solution and promise and hope. The world needs that sound right now. The world needs your sound. And is that heard in your mouth, in your life, in your home, worlds, your world framed by the word of God? Because nothing happens in the kingdom without it. Nothing happens without sound. And that's why we read in Genesis over and over again, God says, let there be, let there be. Let there be light. He set the standard at the very beginning for how things are framed. Already for us, he set that standard for how things are framed, and that is through the power of proclamation and decree. And you can speak the word of God and declare it into the natural. We were singing about that this morning. And there are, th- there are three ways that we can do that. A little bit of teaching. The first way is through decree. So if you're taking notes, I'm going to go through this briefly. But three specific ways you can speak and declare the word of God into the natural. Decree, declarations, and proclamations. So the first one would be decree. And that is an official order issued by legal authority and it's backed by law. So it's saying, I'm here with the authority of the king. It's the enforcement of kingdom law. It's saying this is what the kingdom says. In Jude, when Michael, the angel, met Satan, he said, he didn't argue with him. He just said, the Lord rebuke you. That's a decree. A decree is the way it is in the kingdom. The wisdom of the kingdom. In other words, there's a different frame now. All right, here's some verses just for you to write down. Yeah, I don't have them. Job twenty two twenty eight. you will decree a thing and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. Isaiah 44, 26, God confirms the word of his servant. Proverbs 18, 21, you know this, death and life are in the power of the tongue. My kids know this so well, we, we got them the Mario Wii game, which is kind of old, but we got them that. And so Garrison, when he's playing or he, I'm playing against him, I'll say, oh, this is such a hard game. I can't do this. And he goes, you speaking death right there. You speaking death. And so they know that it's established in them. Isaiah 55, 11, God says my word, it won't return void. It'll accomplish all that it's meant to accomplish. And then Psalms 2, 7 says, I will declare the decree. The next one would be a declaration. And that is the official announcement of legal action. Now this is like saying, now this is what's going to happen. Okay, this this was then, this is now. That's a declaration. So the decree would be something like, an example would be, God has not given us a spirit of fear. 
and then partner that with the declaration, which says, I will no longer partner with fear. Fear has no hold on me, on my mind, on my decisions. And then take it a step further, the proclamation, which I'll define in a minute, would be the fruit of that. I operate, I'll operate with a sound mind. I live in the perfect love of Jesus. I make good decisions even when it's tough. So the proclamation is the official public announcement of what you're going to do. It's the public announcement with the actions taking place and the fruit that's going to be born from that. It's like Jesus when he said in Luke, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim. And what was happening? What was he proclaiming? The good news to the poor. Liberty to the captives. They were being set free. Recovering of sight to the blind. The fruit was what was following that. That's the sound of faith. One of my favorite stories is in Ezekiel 37. And it's when God takes Ezekiel to a valley of bones. And for years I want, one of our goals is to have that painting commissioned in our home. And people are like, you won't bones in your home but I think it would be so I was going to say beautiful but there's uh, there's something powerful about that story so he takes him to the place the valley and it's full of bones and he tells him to he opened his mouth and prophesied to the bones and it says there was a rattling and God told him to speak so that they'll come alive and so Ezekiel prophesied to the breath in the bones and then it says in verse 10 So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came to them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. And that is the sound of faith. That's the sound of life. That's the sound of hope. But before it could manifest in the natural, he had to see with a lens of faith. He had to use his imagination, and he had to open his mouth. And he wasn't exactly sure about it, if you'll read the story. Because God asked him, hey, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And he's like, I don't know. You know. The third thing is speaking the word of God and declaring it into natural things, which you don't have to be a prophet to do or a pastor to do or a teacher to do. You just have to be a son You have to know who you are. And this is not some just positive spin on life and make being really optimistic and, and saying the right things. This is life in the kingdom. This is how life is in the kingdom. And when we begin as sons to imagine new realities, so we imagine new realities, what Jesus, what does a healthy family look like? Could, could my family look like that? My family could look like that. My family will look like that. And then we declare those realities. God is such a God of breakthrough. He tells someone to say it's alive when it looks dead. The Spirit of God is always so focused on calling forth what doesn't even exist yet. And then we demonstrate the fact that we are made in God's image as sons and daughters because that's how the Father creates. And we carry the creative DNA of Dad. So now we're co-creators. We create too. Calling forth what doesn't even exist yet. Bringing life to dead places, to dead people, to dead situations. Amen. 
Hebrews 11.3 means that you can frame your world. You can frame your world with the lens of faith by using your imagination, by the word of God, by opening your mouth, aligning with the word, with the heart of God for your family, your community, your nation. By faith we know that the world was framed. It means that you can decide what the frame is. You can decide what the focus is and you can decide what happens. So you have an enemy and he always wants the frame to be distorted. And usually most, most of the time when people come to see me in my office, their frame is distorted. And when things aren't framed by the word of God, there's confusion, there's hurt, there's mess, there's fear, there's perversion, there's dysfunction. But you can frame your world. There's so much hope in this today. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in powerlessness. You don't have to live in dysfunction. No, frame it. Decide what the focus is. Decide what happens. And then faith plus imagination plus the word of God. And so faith would be like saying, with God all things are possible, right? And so let's add your imagination to that, which says, with God I can do the impossible. And then we add the word where you begin to decree that very thing, right? And you partner with all of heaven. You partner with the God of the universe who is cheering you on. That's who he is. And you begin to decree, I can change my family. I can bring peace to my home. I can bring an, an, an environment of revival to my workplace. I can influence my nation. I can be a blessing in my marriage. I can help restore every environment that I am placed in. Because wherever you go, whatever room, whatever place, whatever building, whatever environment, you carry the highest authority. Faith plus imagination plus proclamation can, can redeem any situation. If you take faith, imagination, and proclamation, you change the world. And that's what the kingdom of God looks like. I've shared this story on a Wednesday night before. It's one of my favorite stories. But J.L. a few months back came to us and, and asked us, well, told us that God told her to give away her favorite dollhouse. And it was something she played with every day. So we knew it, okay? And she knew exactly who to give it to and what to do. Which is wonderful, right? I mean, amazing. We want to live in radical obedience. And we, we're seeing the fruit of that. You know, we were in Sonic drive through one time, and one of the kids was like, you know, I, I really feel like we need to pay for the person behind us. That's amazing. Yep. Yeah, everybody with me? Yeah. But it takes faith plus imagination plus opening my mouth on the days when they're having a meltdown because they didn't get that dollar toy at the grocery store. Do you know what I'm saying? This is where it gets really important here. Can we stand in faith and use our imagination 
and begin to decree the word of God over our lives or that situation when day after day after day, when month after month after month, all we're seeing is a kid crying because they didn't get that toy. You can frame it. You can decide what the focus is. You can decide what happens. You have the power to do that in the kingdom. And so kingdom framing looks like this. It looks like speaking over your child. My child is a heritage from the Lord. And they know the word. It's in them. They hear the word. And that word will not return void. She'll be all she's supposed to be. She'll live a life of radical obedience. She is a gift. And I will steward well what you've given me on good days, on bad days, and all those days in between. Frame it. Am I seeing that? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not at all. But the focus doesn't depend on what I'm seeing in the natural. And in kingdom framing, the focus will never depend upon what I'm seeing in the natural. So there's relational conflict in your family. And there's hurt. So you frame. And you say, nope. This relationship will be restored. And I will be a great blessing to that family member. And God, how do you see them? Because I want to see them like you see them. And just pour out your goodness on them. And you know the solution. I may not even see it, but I can declare it. I can declare there's a solution that I don't even know about that you're going to bring forth that's going to come to pass. You frame it. When work is terrible, you frame. When you're alone, when you're afraid, when your mind is fighting depression and you're fighting battles that nobody else sees because they're all in your head, you frame. You know, I said at the beginning, every spiritual blessing is yours, and it is. While redemption is yours, redemption is not at work in every area of your life. So if you're saved, your spirit is 100% redeemed, right? Everybody with me? Redeemed. But your mind is in the process of being redeemed. And that's why kingdom framing is so important. When your finances, they just look bad. Say, nope, I'm a good steward. And I'm a giver. And I'm going to steward everything that you've given me because you're the God of more than enough. And I will have so much joy in this process. You know, Matt and I have a phrase. Uh, it's because work sometimes depends on other elements like weather or rain or what, whatever else. And if things look bad on the outside, we always stand and we say, no, this will be for our benefit. We don't know how. We may not see it, but we say together, we partner together, this will be for our benefit because that's what the word says. And we reflect the reality that we're most aware of. So every day we're, we're framing and how we think about ourselves and what we think about. And we're doing this based on the reality that we are most aware of. So I want to mention three lenses. Let's probably mention like 20 lenses that make it impossible for kingdom framing. 
There are lenses that make it impossible for kingdom framing. The lens of an orphan, where you don't know who you are. So you're looking to everybody and everyone to tell you and to affirm you and to value you and tell you that you're important and you're enough. Which never happens. So that lens will lead to a lens of comparison. Which leads to a lens of performance. And you could take that and you could go on and on and on. We could say a lens of hurt. Which could lead to a lens of offense. Which often leads to a lens of self-pity. Which then leads to a lens of entitlement. Which can lead fast to a lens of blame. I could stand up here and spend a great deal of time on these lenses. In kingdom framing, it is so important to divide the truth from a lie. And if you see life through those lenses, you will not be able to. Even if, it, if, if it's what your parents taught you, even if it's what society has taught you, even if it is how you feel, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, with the character of God, it is a lie. And oftentimes the spirit knows truth, but the heart and the soul want to self-protect. And I have a brilliant client, one of my favorites. And he said one day, we were talking about specific areas of his life. And he would say, when we got to a specific area, he's like, ah, that's, that's like an open nerve and we can't go there. And so I wondered with him if it was, if it was possible that this open nerve was not really a wound that needed time to heal. Or I wonder if it's not an open nerve that we can't go near. But could we see it as a lie that just needs to be ripped out completely by the root? And I wonder with us, are there wounds in our lives that are really just lies? But we've learned to self-protect and we've learned to cover and we've learned to hide. Offense is never given, it is only taken. And it will distort your lens and you will live in an inferior kingdom. And pretty soon it will infect and then everything you see will be from that lens. And so process it. The Bible actually tells us how to do do this. It says cast your cares, renew your mind, process it, release it. It walks through that. Tell them about it. Choose not to take it. And when we choose not to take it, our heart, you know what happens? It stays soft and we remain unoffendable and ready to access all that God has for us. But I say this today because some of us need to rip out the lie that we've been looking through, the lens that we've been looking through. And the lie that's distorted our lens, rip it out and see it for what it is. And then see through the lens of faith. Amen? And when we do this, we don't stay stuck in cycle. We break generational patterns. We shut down lies of self-pity that grow fast into lenses of hurt and entitlement. These lenses, they're, they're not your friend. They will destroy you. And it's super, super dangerous. I think putting the word super in front of it didn't make it sound that dangerous. 
It's very dangerous. How can I say that? Do you know why? Because the lens of offense plus imagination plus the word. So you take a lens of offense that says, he hurt me. I'm hurt. And you add that to imagination. Add your imagination through that lens. Then all of a sudden, everybody's out to hurt me. Everybody's out to hurt me. I can't trust anybody, especially those church people. Because they're terrible. I'm better off without them. And then now you add the word to that. So there's some quote, I, something like, never trust your mouth when your heart is bitter, right? Because if you add the word to that, do you know what's going to come out of your mouth? Pain. And so it sounds something like I'm better off alone. I've got to stay away. Nobody wants to be my friend. And then all of a sudden the enemy is right there. And do you know what he's saying to you? Yes. Yes. That's right. Nobody wants to be your friend. Do you see the progression just from a lens of offense? No, really, do y'all see it? (laughs) You know what the good news is? That we can decide what the focus is and we can decide what happens. You can decide what the focus is and what happens. The enemy will always want the frame to be distorted. But you can decide what the focus is and what happens. You can frame your world today. And right from the beginning, God shows us how to do this. There's so much hope in this today. You don't have to live with all these lenses that you were never created to live with anyway. You don't have to live in hopelessness. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in depression. That is not God's best for you. You can frame it. You can decide what the focus is. You can decide to fulfill every assignment that God has placed on you to fulfill. Amen? Amen. Where is Tommy? Will you come play? It's 11.46 and we are doing good. You know, when the kids start a new year of school, I will sit down, and I have these note cards, and they're, um, yeah, they're note cards. They look like. And I will write a prayer over their year. And so I will sit down, and I'll write a prayer, and then I'll ask, Holy Spirit, what are you seeing for this year? What are your promises over them? What do I need to declare in advance over them this year? What does this year look like? You know, God is so good that he's always speaking to us. And I'll partner with the Holy Spirit, and then I will write. I will write those declarations out. And I will put them in between their mattress. There is no telling how many are under there, and do not look for them. I should have done earmuffs. You know, when Matt and I are just passing each other sometimes, and our schedules are just uh, packed, and there's tension. And there will be sometimes in a marriage. Matt's a great man. Sometimes there's tension. I will take out a note card. And I'll write, God, 
God's heart for our marriage? What's your heart for our marriage, for, for all the assignments that you've given us? I'll write it down. I'll put it under our mattress. You know, I was worried um, this year with the kids in school, there was uh, some concern about their friendships. And I knew that I needed to shut the worry down. And all those assumptions in my head. And so I got out that note card. And I wrote a prayer over their friendships, their relationships, and a declaration, Holy Spirit, what are you saying about them, about their relationships, their friendships? I bless their friends. They're going to have friends who love Jesus. And I prayed for the influencers of their life, to the people that God would bring in that would influence them. They would be kingdom influencers. They would love Jesus, and they would point them towards Jesus, and I put it under that mattress. There's no telling how many note cards are there now. And there are eight and six. Do you know what I'm doing? I am framing. I am kingdom framing. I am taking the wisdom of heaven and I'm declaring it. I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. I'm writing it down. I'm partnering with heaven and I am opening my mouth. You know, Hebrews 11 is full of champions of the faith. And it's a great, beautiful chapter. But it ends with this verse in 11, 39, and 40. In the Passion, it reads, These were the true heroes commended for their faith. Yet they lived in hope without receiving the fullness of what was promised to them. But now God has invited us to live in something better than what they had. Faith's fullness. Faith's fullness. Fullness. And we can walk and we can live in that fullness every single day. You know, Pastor Mark sent me a quote a few weeks back. And it said something like, when we get to heaven... And we meet these champions of the faith. So when we get to heaven and we ask Moses, what was it like to part the Red Sea? Or we ask David, what was it like to kill Goliath? They will look at us and they will ask, what was it like to have Holy Spirit living inside of you? We live in that promise. We live in that fullness. Don't settle for an inferior kingdom. I was reading in Luke this week, and I love how it words Luke eleven thirteen in the Passion. It says, if imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need, how much more will the perfect heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit's fullness when His children ask Him? And then in Ephesians 2, it says, we read His fullness, it fills you. It's yours today. We can live in that. We can frame our world and we can create and we can partner with heaven to redeem and restore ourselves and everything around us. Let's go ahead and and wrap this up. And if you like, you can stand with me because I want to do two things in closing.
want to do two things first, and then we'll sing champion and open our mouths. And you may want to dim the lights if my mascara is showing. We want to ask Holy Spirit this morning, is there anything that's distorting my lens? such a good father and he's always speaking and so we're just going to ask that and all over this place and you can do that on your own sometimes I was one of those students that had to get away from everybody or I would be distracted or playing jokes I, I didn't know you would do that here so if you need to you sit down you go to the back you walk around you have complete freedom but I just want us to ask Holy Spirit is there anything that's distorting our lens that's distorting my frame. So God, I just pray right now that you would reveal that. Reveal that to us, any distortion, any distortion. And when the Holy Spirit reveals that to you, we're going to do two things, take it a step further. We're going to ask, when did that happen? So you're going to ask him, when did that happen? Will you show me when? God will show you when. God, show me when that happened. And then all we're going to do is we're going to simply break agreement with it. We want to break agreement with the lie. You know, it's so, so simple sometimes how they happen. I was telling, Matt and I talked about this maybe two weeks ago. It was just a, a week, that week of tension. And he had said something. I don't know, maybe it was a little harsh. I don't know. It was something, I don't remember what it was, but it was, it was a bit harsh. And I was maybe stressed, so that lens I looked through the tall, and it was just, wasn't right. And do you know what I thought in my head at that time? Matt doesn't really care about me. If he, if he said that, he, would, he wouldn't really care. If he cared, he, he wouldn't say that. Do you see how that lie enters? And so the next day, I was like, look, I believed this lie yesterday, and it was not true. And I got to break agreement with it in my mind. And, and we laughed about it, and we, pray, we prayed about it. But even simple, it would not, it did not need to get a hold. And that's silly. I mean, it's, it sounds silly now. But I would not let that lens develop. I had to shut it down. And these things happen all of the time around us. We have that opportunity to take on that thought, to take that lie and consider it. And so this is just an opportunity. Let's just say, Holy Spirit, is there anything distorting my lens? When did that happen? And I break agreement with it. I will not partner with that lie no longer. I will live life through a lens of faith. I will partner with faith. And you just do that very thing. You say it out of your mouth. I will live by faith. And you break agreement with that lens of dysfunction. You break agreement with that lens of lack. You break agreement with that lens, whatever it is, and say it out loud, I will live in faith. Because we don't have to be afraid of the distortion. Perfect love cast out fear. So right now, I pray the perfect love of Jesus into your lives, into your mind, into your families, into our church right now. And we want to do one more thing. We want to ask the Holy Spirit, have I stopped 
for whatever reason, living in imagination? Have I somehow put that aside, that gift that you've given me? And we just want to ask Holy Spirit right now to reawaken that. Say, God, reawaken my God-given imagination just how you intended it to be. I will use my imagination to frame my world, to create expectation that tomorrow is going to be better than today. The expectation that the best years of my life are still ahead of me. The expectation that you are a good father, you're a good God who redeems and restores and who keeps your promises. Faith and imagination, they bring hope. They stir up hope. They give hope. So if there's not any, if there's not hope in any area of your life, you've bought into a lie. So a good indication, if you are kingdom framing, is that your world, your frame should be full of hope. Frame your world today with a lens of faith. Use your God-given imagination, speaking the word of the Lord. Because earth, earth is crammed with heaven. We're going to frame that. Earth is crammed with heaven and every common bush of fire with God. And we will be a people who see, who take off our shoes on holy ground. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithboutaustin.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.